Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to purpleptsd.com and Vikings Territory for giving us a chance to post our podcast there. Be sure to check out the great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and Vikings Territory. Well, we are back here Tuesday morning uh, after uh, a very poor Monday night football yeah. performance. Uh, that was ugly. Uh, that was unfortunate. And I think one of the things that I strikes me is that when we get to the losses, often mm-hmm. we want to start putting blame on individual players. Uh, yeah. And I think it's not really fair in a sense. Like, and I think particularly last night, you realized that was a team failure in a lot of ways. There was some yeah. individual plays that some individuals did or did not make that were very important around scoring plays or potential yeah. scoring plays. Um, but I don't know. There's It just felt like a poor performance all around and I think really it maybe it was just like missed a, a real missed opportunity kind of game yeah yeah I think if you you know kind of want to give it the bird's eye view and step back and assess the whole thing I don't really think you could kind of pull out one player and be like oh man uh, I don't even know what like like Patrick Peterson you know the corner he just couldn't hold up and that made the difference in the end or or Kirk Cousins, just you know, I don't think Cousins played particularly well, but it goes beyond just quarterback. It just goes beyond one corner or one running back or even like a full unit, like the D-line or the O-line. Like this is, I think, Philadelphia was better from like their game plan down to the players. And it's not to say there weren't some individual good, strong plays and good, strong moments for the Vikings, but overall, man, the Eagles deserved to win and they won by yeah. a pretty good margin and, and they deserved it. Clearly the better team. They they were clearly the better team. I think that's the the way to say it. And yet it still still felt like the Vikings could have done it. Is that fair? Like it like I know it would have yeah. would have required something, but like again, I, I think it's easy to go back to the Irv Smith Jr. drop. Uh, yeah. And feel like, oh well, what happens if that happens? Or just like Kirk Cousins threw three interceptions, which Anyway, I think we could talk about which yeah. were his fault and which weren't. And, and I, by the third one, it felt like you were just trying to force it to make something happen. Yeah, uh, because they were desperate. Um, mm-hmm. But it just it it yeah. did still have that feeling. But maybe maybe it just I I don't know they 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 didn't put themselves in a, a good position to win last night. So I think this is this would be my sense just the morning after kind of thing. Um, did the Vikings, you know, leave some meat on the bone, as they say? Yeah, I certainly think they did. Like, I, I think they could have made this game a lot tighter. Um, but did Philly? Yeah, I think so. Like, they really didn't put the pedal down in the second half. And I really think they could have, right? Like, I, I think they were very content. Defensively, they played really soft, especially towards the ends. And then I think their offense really could have, um, had more urgency through the second half, but they didn't need to. So why would they? And so it's could have been tighter. Yeah, I think so. But it really, to my mind, it never felt like Minnesota was in this one 
unfortunately. Uh, they got down 14 nothing early. They made a 14-7. You thought, you know, if you're going to make your move, you know, Frigg, now is the time. And uh, they just kind of never could kind of thing. And so it, was, it felt really, to my mind, it's almost like um, like the mirror opposite of week one in the sense where it's, I'm sure Green Bay at different points was like, man, we had those opportunities. You know, Christian Watson, ball goes through his hands or, you know, or whatever, right? Like that's, that one stands out because it was the first play of the game um, for the Packers offense. But there was never really a point where Green Bay really challenged the multi-score lead. And there's really never a point when Minnesota really challenged the multi-score lead. And the Vikings could have done more in week one, I think, to kind of extend that lead and make it appear to be like a more dominant win. And similarly, I think the Eagles here this past week, they could have put the pedal down and I think made it more of a, like 24 to seven, the, you know, it's a good margin. I think it could have been worse. Um, yeah. I, I, from what I can say, I, they were just in control of the game. They, they were in control of the game. No, they they were they were and i i think that credit to philadelphia like yeah oh yeah, like, I came yeah. Away, when i was looking ahead of the schedule i was like you know what it's a good team i know they did some some good things in the off season um yeah. i wasn't sure how jalen hurts would be as a quarterback um but mm-hmm. that was a, that's a good football team um and they played well and not to say that that's any like the vikings still that's a that's a game that they should be in uh yeah can be in uh yeah. but but all credit to to them because because that's a they, they, they were well prepared they yeah. executed well jalen hurts is a good quarterback uh, yeah so let, let's do this i guess we we normally go through a three down format um kind of roughly let's let's go offense defense and then we'll talk a little, a little bit about uh next week which is going to be an exciting sure. matchup um, yeah, sure. On offense, it just really felt like they struggled to get going. And whether that was Kirk, uh, although I, I will say Kirk Cousins leading rusher for the Minnesota Vikings last night. I uh, was just going to bring that up. I was like, you know, things have gone poorly when Kirk yeah. Cousins is your leading rusher. Um, like 17 no yards way. for Delvin Cook is not enough. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, um, and he he did, he played pretty well, I thought. So it's not like he's, um, you know, done nothing so far this year. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, but yesterday was poor, um, and how much of that comes down to him? How much of that comes down to play calling? How much of that comes down to the offensive line? Uh, you know, that first play, if I'm not mistaken, memory serves. The defensive lineman for Philly got underneath Derisov, pushed him back, and I think it was um, negative one on the first play. I think I'll have to kind of check here, but that kind of, in many ways, kind of set the tone for the offense. In that they started with a run, and uh, things just did not um, things just did not end up going well uh, for the Vikings. Unfortunately, yeah, first play and um, negative one yard uh, for Dalvin Cook. And that kind of set the tone. And there was a three and out, consecutive three nets. Um, I mean, Thielen, again, was a bit of a, an afterthought, I suppose. I think he only got first started getting targeted in the fourth quarter. And all his yardage and all, all his – he ended up leading the team in receiving yards. But it all came at the very end. Uh, he really wasn't featured in the passing game at all at any point when it really mattered. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, why is, is that – 
Like, has he lost a step and he's struggling to get separation? Like, what is Cousins seeing that I'm not seeing? Or are the plays designed to, you know, feature other players? And for whatever reason, Thielen's kind of not been featured as prominently right now? Or, or what's going on? But it just seems so strange that a guy, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has a top five cap hit on this, on this team, right? Like, he's getting paid a lot of money. Or, or you know, his cap hit is extremely high. And then... Uh, kind of not really uh not really kind of featured so far in the offense in any substantial manner. It's just very peculiar. The offense was out of sorts, I think, the whole game. I think for the end I saw um CJ Ham standing on the sideline. And I thought to myself, man, there's a player we haven't seen a lot tonight. Um just because the offense was so out of sorts. You know what I mean? Like um not much opportunity for your fullback to kind of get in the game and, and run the ball and then kind of extend the clock or extend the drives and drain the clock because they were just behind for so much of the game, right? Yeah, they were. It and this is the hard part about evaluating offense sometimes when you get into a hole so quick is that the feels like the game plan sometimes shifts, right? Like yeah. they they did keep trying to run the ball in some ways, but eleven running plays um, yeah. Yeah. total is is not a lot. Um Two of which were scrambles by Cousins. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's nine. Like they're they're nine. very rarely a designed run for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right, exactly. In this yeah. offense. That's uh, right. And I guess this is the challenge, maybe to, to sit on the point that you have about Thielen, is that like the Minnesota Vikings have a decent amount of offensive weapons. You've got yeah. Thielen, you've got yeah. Jefferson, you've got Ersmith Jr., yeah, uh, if you want to throw KJ Osborne in there as wide receiver three, I think that's certainly valid. Yep. Even Dalvin Cook. So, I guess the question is, is like, isn't some guys going to get left out often? Like, it's going to be hard to get all four or five guys yeah. regular touches. And and Thielen so far, you said, other than at the very end of the game, has not really gotten a whole lot. I know KJ Osborne only has two catches. Uh, like, it yeah. feels like it's going to be hard. For everyone to be active each week in this offense, certainly, there like it's it's impossible. There's only one football, right? And 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 Justin Jefferson should get a disproportionately large amount of attention because he's so excellent, and he has, and and so that that's there's no issue there in a sense. Um, but where I would, you know, push back a little a bit on that is just in the sense that. Can every single player every single week be featured? No, of course not. But can the weapons be integrated more effectively than they were last night? And even, you know, in that opening week as well, where I think Thielen only had a few catches for, I believe, 39 yards in the score either. So uh, I think there's going to be an acknowledgement of the reality of Sam saying it's true. But then there's also going to be this sense of we've got this depth of skill positions got a lot of great players and really you'd be wise to integrate them all effectively and try and balance them. Um, because, you know, cause that's one of our greatest strengths, right? Like we're, we're not so top heavy that we only have Jefferson and no one else. That's just not the case. Right. So I think almost even counterintuitively you make life easier for Jefferson. If you integrate these other guys more effectively, especially early in the game and kind of get, get going a little bit and try to keep defenses honest a little bit. Um, you know, Irv Smith Jr. got eight targets last night. 
right? Like he he was a, a key part of the game plan, which was great to see. Like yeah. that's fine with me. He's a, he's an excellent player, right? He can really move well, but um, I I certainly I don't know. There are moments where I question some of the some of the approach. I think. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I was going to bring up Irv Smith Jr. just and yeah. kind of wrapping up the offensive side. I think that yeah, it was good to see him. They like said a part of things, and, and they seem to really target him on those third down yeah. uh, plays a couple times. Uh, certainly, you can point at the the drop and and those things happen. But uh, mm-hmm. good good to see him a part of that. I think realistically, uh, when we're talking about people getting the ball. Uh, <laughs> It helps a lot if you don't go three and out. Uh, precisely. So precisely, so like that, that's going to exactly. allow the ball to be shared a lot better. And like precisely, offense should not be going three and out. Um, precisely, so stay on the field. People can get more targets. I think they had. Uh, yeah. There was not a whole lot of time. It felt like the Minnesota was on the offense. Uh, yes. Side of the ball. Yep. And so so hold on the ball, <laughs> make some drives, and, and that will allow for for everyone to be involved. Uh, exactly. Let's let's switch over to the defense, and I think that uh, I know we were talking a little bit last night, and I know you had mentioned just uh, the the defensive plan. It felt, from my observation, at times soft, um, and I know that there's some weapons uh, on the Philadelphia offense. You're trying to contain them, mm-hmm. uh, but there was some first, second, third, and longs that Philadelphia felt like they just yeah. They got all the yardage that they needed. Uh, so yeah. what, because I don't know as much about the defensive side and kind of what's happening there. Why was last night uh, the way it was? Yeah. So, again, I'm just offering an opinion. I'm not in the defensive meeting rooms. haven't spoken with Ed Donatel. Um, but this is just kind of, based off my sense of his defensive approach, watched all those games last year for Denver. And they actually played Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and struggled against Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And one of the things I noticed last year working through the games, at times they struggled with mobile quarterbacks. Um, and that carried over into this game. And so a lot of what the defense is trying to do is, um, you know, they start with those two high safeties. They want to keep stuff in front of you or in front of themselves, rather, they oftentimes have a light box, you know, six or seven guys in the box, you know, and that opens room to run. Unfortunately, uh, you know, that, that defense, it's supposed to keep everything in front, rally for the tackle, limit the amount of damage you can do, force an offense to be patient, trust that they're going to make mistakes, be opportunistic in creating turnovers, and, you know, rally the football. That's kind of the philosophy, as far as I can tell. And, and the approach, the issue yesterday, or at least one of the issues, is that, you know, they really didn't take anything away from Philadelphia. They wanted to run, they ran. They wanted to pass, they passed. There was no real sense that Hertz was fooled by the coverages or confused by what he was seeing. There's no real sense that, you know, we need to not do X, Y, and Z because, or whatever, right? So when an offense basically has their full you know, the full arsenal, right? The, for the full approach is there and they can just basically go to what they want at will, seemingly. That's a real problem. And I would have much sooner they said to themselves, you know what? Like, we are stacking the box. You are not going to run on us. 
and we're leaving our guys in one-on-one competitive matchups on the outside against the receivers, you know, make tight window throws. Or, you know, or, or the opposite. Or, or, or do something to, you know, really complicate, uh, you know, those completions and make the passing game really challenging, right? And, and then kind of go from there. Um, instead, they kind of just took this kind of, what I would perceive at least as kind of this middle approach, you know, where they stayed true to their defensive identity in a lot of ways, but it just simply wasn't effective. And, and it was disappointing to see how little um, they seemed to adjust and adapt to what the challenge was for that game. You know, you were just mentioning as we were transitioning away from the offense, you know, the, the time of possession. And some of that is, yeah, the offense can't go three and out. But some of that, too, is just the defense allowed just these methodical, long drives. Um, didn't didn't the Eagles have three 80 plus yard touchdown drives? Like that's it was nuts. Two, in but... one game. In one game. That's that's nuts. And the first quarter, they possessed the ball for more than 12 minutes. 12 minutes, seven seconds. And by the end of the game, they had the ball for 36 minutes. And so the time of possession was brutal. Uh, you're kind of if you're climbing up into the high 30s, you're starting to flirt with two-thirds of the time, you know, possessing the ball for almost two-thirds of the game. It's just so tough to play defense. And some of that is the defense's fault for not being able to get off the field. Some of that is the offense's fault for not being able to stay on the field. And so really a tough game defensively for what I think will be a good defense. But this was just really poor, really, really poor. Yeah, no, it it, it was. And I think, like you said, maybe some score effects came into play in the latter half of the game where they weren't doing uh, as much, but like you, you pointed out, there was actually, there's three drives uh, of 80 plus yards and they also threw in another 75 yard uh, uh, stretch there too. And so yeah, well, there you go. That's yeah. uh, not ideal. Uh, some would say it. And, and I think yeah. that there's maybe some concerns too. I know Harrison Smith, uh, is being the light, latest I saw uh, may have a concussion. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that's a big loss to this team that yeah. already kind of seemed to struggle at that position. I, um, Cameron Bynum, I know, had some tough plays last night, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I guess there's maybe some questions of what happens now. I, I think that the obvious question now, or the obvious name that comes up, is Lewis Seen. Uh, and is he able to go and play? Uh, so I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, going to yeah. be an interesting spot for this off or for this defense. And I, the defense looked quite good. It felt like last week against the Packers, and and yeah. this was uh, this was a little bit what we've been accustomed to seeing over the last little while, the past couple of years. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see which, really, which offense this team is going to actually show more in which defense this team is going to show more over, over the year. Right. You know, and it's, um, so with the Harrison Smith stuff, obviously we want him to be available, but more than that, we want him to be healthy. You know, that's first and foremost, and those things are connected obviously, but hopefully he's just healthy just as a person and as a human. And then hopefully he's healthy and he can play as a player for the Vikings. Um, but it's interesting when he came out, it wasn't Lewis Seen who went in. It was Josh Metellus. Um, so that was interesting to me. And I, I like Josh Metellus. He is an excellent special teams player. He is so noticeable in special teams. Uh, it doesn't surprise me 
that he and he had a he had a tackle for a loss last night, um, which your safety getting a tackle for a loss is no because you start so far from the line of scrimmage quite often. Um, so he's a he's a great physical tackler. Um, so I'll be curious to see if Smith does have to miss time. Is it Metellus or Seen who gets the start? That that will be an interesting thing to monitor. And what I'll say too is Cameron Dansler missed time as well. But when they asked O'Connell about that in the postgame presser, he mentioned something to the effect of, well, we were looking to get snaps for Caleb Evans. And so, you know, he is, you know, uh, a, a Caleb Evans, that is. He he has, you know, earned some opportunity to get some snaps. And when we, you know, saw the opportunity, we, we went for it. So the sense I have is that Dansler's healthy. Smith is working his way through the concussion protocols. Uh, and so we'll see what that means for this weekend. Um Smith, I think, had 13 tackles last night, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to kind of confirm that. But he had a lot, a lot of tackles. 13 is what I think I saw um, in, like, the Google statistics for the game or whatever, where they have that um, game recap. That suggests things went really poorly because, you know, those are D-linemen, linebackers. If your safety is getting that many tackles, especially because when he's lined up in – you know, lined up deep, start so many plays, things have gone poorly on your defense. He shouldn't have to make so many hits, so many tackles. Um, but that just kind of illustrates how much room there was for the Eagles. So a, p- a poor defensive effort, a poor defensive effort. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say, uh, I actually felt like Dantzler, I, I liked what Dantzler did yesterday. I thought, I thought he actually had a good game. Um uh, but everyone had had some mistakes last night, so so that's fair. Um, and just very small note to add to our counter: uh, one additional sack. Yes, uh, sir. Up to three. Daniel Hunter, uh, the Darius Smith counter. So one. Yeah. Uh, those games are going to happen. Um, but 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 we're on our way to thirty. Uh, yeah, we are. Ten percent there. Uh, yeah, we are. So. Lastly, let's look ahead to the Lions. And this Lions team, in the first couple of games they've played, yep. uh, they've actually done quite well. They they put up a lot of points against a Philadelphia team that uh, yeah. that uh, the, the Vikings got to see last night. And then they beat the Washington Commanders, which, uh, again, is probably one of the weaker teams. But still, like, they've put up a lot of points so far. Uh, yep. 30, it was it 35 in the first game and 36 in the second game. Uh, so the yeah, defense man. is going to have a test. Um, what are you watching for? Minnesota gets to host uh, the Lions yeah. next week. And what it feels, feels like there's some more pressure on this game uh, mm-hmm. after what we saw last night. Oh, yeah, I, I think, I think definitely more pressure, right? Especially since, you know, week four is in London you know, anything can happen, right? Like, it, it just feels like it's such like an unusual game. And so, yeah, it's certainly a lot of pressure to get to two and one, snag another divisional win. Obviously, your your division record's more important than, you know, just your record against any other team. So, yeah, I think they should feel pressure. Um, and hopefully it's productive insofar as it motivates them. Uh, the Lions are going to be a challenge. And what I would hope for from the defense is not only to be better against the run, uh, but really to be able to generate pressure early and often against Goff and try to basically make that passing attack, you know, a real challenge. 
right? Just just insofar as you know, the defensive front is generating so much pressure on Goff, that would be a very welcome development in my eyes of, of just um, playing a good, clean, physical game where they get pressure on Goff consistently. And as a result, uh, the Lions, well, the Lions offense just doesn't have everything available. To them. They can't just run or pass at will. Um, eliminate something. You have you have to take away something. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, a long day, as we just saw. And then otherwise, with the offense, man, I really want to see them be able to actually like fulfill their offensive identity, right? And if that is eleven personnel, where you're running the football, where you have some motion, where you like whatever it is, right? Getting seated ham onto the field more, stay true to your offensive identity, even if you're down by a score early or ten points early or whatever. Um, that's what I'm hoping to see. And it's specials, Greg. Special teams had a great night. Just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Didn't get to see Greg Joseph. Uh, yeah. And the the extra point. Um, yeah. A couple, yeah. couple of the kick the kickoffs were interesting though. He had a couple of those short kickoffs, and then the covers did a great job. I, yeah, I, that was good. There's felt good. like there was a design there, and there's there one was. I remember that the they they were able to to pin them inside the twenty. Uh, yeah. With with that, so. Um. Yeah, it, I think that it would. Ha- I would have a hard time. I think finding someone that would say that uh, between the offense and the defense, like the the offense is the strength of this team, and they, yeah, they need to so. they need to do that. Um, so we can talk about the defense, but like the offense leads the way here, and yeah. so they yeah, I think so. they, yeah. they need to they need to do that. Um, yeah, be, be that, uh, be the strength of the team, and and they did that week one, didn't do it week two. Uh, and I guess one of the things that I find always interesting about these rivalry games, uh, inter interdivision games, is that in some ways it feels like almost everything else has been thrown out in the sense of like it doesn't really matter how bad or good either team is doing coming into these games, like it's going to be a battle no matter what. Yeah. Um, yep. And so it's going to be a good test for this Vikings team to see and and show that they are a legitimate team. I know yeah. uh, Colin Coward had uh, the Vikings as his number three team after week one uh, in his yeah. top 10 ranking. And, and I sent that to Kyle and uh, say what you will about Colin Coward. I think he does his job well and then he gets people talking. Um, I don't think the Vikings are, I don't think any Vikings fan is saying that the third best team in the league, although I'm sure you can find some, uh, but yeah. Yeah. are they a top 10 team and can they be a top 10 team? And yeah. I think that's really uh the invitation this year. We've seen two extremes through two weeks, one really good, one really not good, really poor. And so this week three will give us a sense of, you know, does this kind of show us a little bit, you know, which extreme are we close report? And and so it'll be an interesting game, I think. Yeah. All these games early are important. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about week four too. That's going to be, uh, it'll be fun. Interesting. And, that's kind of my style of game. I early wake up. Uh, oh yeah, like last the, night was too late, man. That last night is. I was. We Kyle and I we were old. It's like I was sitting there like this is like holy crap. Three yeah. hours past my bedtime. Oh um, yeah. No, it. Uh, yeah, I, I would rather <laughs> rather the early game. One hundred percent. So let's sure. look. We'll we'll look forward to breaking down Lions game. Uh, hopefully. A Vikings win. I know that so far, um, our early season predictions for how these games are going to go, uh, 
we we did a game by game selection. They I don't think have been good so far. Um, yours, yours have been good, dude. You you well, pick, you picked you picked win over Packers week one and then lost to Eagles. You're, I thought you're, I, you're perfect. I thought I predicted a three and zero start. Oh, did you? No, oh, sorry. I think so. Uh, I think I I, I knew it was a, I had three and one, but I'm pretty sure I had um, them losing the game in in London. It just felt like they were going to go three and zero. All right, do that. Um, but you know what? Hopefully they can still go three and one. Um, Freaking right. Let's so, do it. Three and one. Yeah. Anyways, take care, everyone. Have a good week. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about the hopeful win over the Lions.